All right, it's an episode, another episode of the RSL Random Fan Podcast, which you heard on the intro, and the cap's not saying, but I'm your host, Brian Goble, along with fellow hosts, Brennan and Tyler, and we're here to t- talk about, with joy in our hearts, the last few games of Real Salt Lake soccer. It's been great, hasn't it? Well, the Houston games have been definitely something different. Definitely different. (laughs) That's kind of one question I wanted to start out with. Um, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago. I made the suggestion that perhaps, or asked the question, could RSL have peaked already in the season? And the last five games have been an 0-3 loss at home, which, which is not good. A 3-1 loss away at Houston, which I don't know which one of those two was a better game, but neither one of them were as bad as the LAFC 4-0 shellacking. We did have a 3-1 victory over Lyon yeah. in there after a 3-0 shellacking by Monterey. So five games. Four goals for, 14 against, and half of those were with Pablo and half of them were without Pablo. So where would how would you describe where Real Salt Lake is as a team right now? Um, I would say they're going through their trials and tribulations. <laughs> um, this two shall pass. Yes, this too shall pass. Um, I do feel that the effects of Pablo are are quite large. However, I don't think it's going to make the team dysfunctional in any way. I think they need to find what their new benchmark is. You know, like what their what's required in all the right places and what can be moved around. Um, I think uh, Palacio and Jasper have a very large hole that they need to cover up. Um, but I don't think this is uh, too big, too big of a negative. I think um, Houston has our number for good reason, and they executed it twice. You know what I mean? I think that's. Do they have our number now? But wasn't it the league record, the most consecutive victories by one team over another, it, with eleven? It was certainly the record for RSL over one team, eleven straight games without a defeat against Houston that went by the wayside. I wouldn't be worried about that. I mean, that's just a a I think think what today today is is a whole whole What about you, Tyler? Yeah, you know, know, for me, I think think it's a lot of feedback, so you might have to mute yourself in your brand while we're talking. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Uh, you got your mic and your mic on there, Brant. Yeah, Brant. How's that? Is that better? A lot of, lot of... There we go. All right. So for me, you know, I'm I'm good. I think I think this is a, a rough patch, and I didn't love the loss in, in Houston. But I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. Like, oh, 
Real are falling apart now without Pablo. Yeah, Pablo got hurt. Yeah, Pablo contributed a lot to our offense. Yeah, we're going to have to find a way around without him. However, the problem with that is that the kids who have been put in place to step up for that are kids, right? They're pretty young kids, and they're going to need some time to grow into that spot. And that's okay. I'm good with that. I'm okay. Um, and even even the game in Houston, like, let, let's let's kind of recap that. Like, let's let's go over some of that because the first game in Houston. I mean, the game. Yeah, I mean, it starts off, and you know, let's start with the lineup because I think there's something really interesting in the lineup that I was kind of surprised about, and that was Demir Krylock in the uh, in the starting and then lineup. Tell us why Demir is playing. Tell us why well, Demir's. So, the one thing that really <laughs> perturbs okay, I think, okay, I just for the record, I think Krylock is a great soccer player. You know, did a lot of great things for our club. Let's put that there. However, his effectiveness currently is not there. You watched, you watched that first game, and he is not even pressing to the ball. He is a minimum of 15 yards away from anybody with the ball. And he's giving hand signs out like he's a school crossing guard. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, everybody knows where they're supposed to be. They've been playing for a long time. They don't need you to, you know. crossing guard, bro? But then you don't need to put I know I wasn't going to say it on this, but I was like, you know, I am kind of frustrated. And it just. Well, that's, you know, I think you make a good point, Brennan. I wanted to add this real quick. Then I'll let you get back to it. That's why we didn't see him all all summer is because school wasn't in. And so once school came in, back into session, we needed the crossing guard. So anyway, back to you. God, we held that up just for a joke like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So realistically, realistically, you saw you saw Houston have a lot of time on the ball on their back line. They were allowing passes up the middle because Krylak was so far back. And then you had Chicho on the other side working his butt off. He was he was gassed within the first 25, 30 minutes. I mean, most of them were. But it just showed that, yes, he can be, you know, a great asset in the sense that, you know, if we go back to the style like we did in the second game against Houston where we just get to the 18-yard box and then send it in, that's where we'll need Krylak. But is history has shown at the beginning of the season that doesn't work. That doesn't work with our heavy wingers. Doesn't work with the guys we have on front. It's it's a tactic that I absolutely hate. And I think the success we had recently before Houston was because we didn't use that tactic. We were we were up on the ground. We were moving things up the middle. And I guess that was Pablo. Uh, I guess that was Ruiz. You know, this little this well, little perturb. Yeah, and I I get it. I get it because I mean. Brent, were you going to take us through the lineup? Yeah, so we had McMath in goal, and then we had Anelli, Glad, Vera, and Brody, which really might be the best back line we have at the moment, the best options for those back four. And then the midfield, we had uh, Sabarino, Ojeda, Lavelson, and Luna. And they kind of, on the graphic, were kind of suggesting it was a 4-4-1-1, like Krylock would 
because you had Krylock above the midfield and then Chicho above him. So maybe they were expecting Chicho to be up top and Krylock to play in the back a little bit. Um, but that was um, the lineup. And it also, too, this was, uh, I think, in the – they could only have 18, right, because the U.S. Open Cup, they haven't gone to the expanded uh, right. lineups. And so you had Beavers, Musowski, Palacio, Julio, Chang, Gomez, and Silva on the bench. So I was really kind of surprised when I saw Krylock in there. That uh, uh, I was surprised he was there, to be honest. But go ahead. That 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 was the lineup, Tyler. Yeah. So when when I saw the lineup, I'm like, okay, that's about the best lineup we have. Um, I would have preferred Musowski, but Again, it's close. Here's what I didn't love about the way we executed that way was we sat back a lot, like a lot, and we gave away the ball, my personal pet peeve, with no pressure on us. We kept trying to force balls into places with no pressure on us, and that, as a coach, Drives me crazy. Also, as a player, it drives you crazy. Like you could tell Chicho was frustrated because he needs people to be playing off of each other so he can get into space and get his opens. And so if he isn't getting open and he can't find that space, it's almost like sometimes we were hesitant to run into space. Uh, You know, Brody wasn't making runs. He wasn't beating people off the ball like he normally does. The little squirrel run that we talk about. Like, he didn't do that really at all in this game, you know? And it just – it made it it made it made tough. Made it really tough. Yeah, I, I kept thinking that there were three players that were just having horrific games. Nothing really went well until later, in the, later on with some subs. But I thought Demir Krylock, Jasper Loffelson, and Andrew Brody – were really having just the worst. They picked the worst time to have their worst game of the year. Yeah, and, and for me, like seeing that set up and the way that I, it was just Lawfulson for me was out of sync. He he didn't play horribly. He just wasn't in sync with his team. Right, he was running hard. He was getting into spaces. He didn't have great touch on the ball, but I think he knew that was coming. So he, so he kind of played it a way that allowed for him to not suck. But in doing so, he actually took away other opportunities from other people. Like there were multiple times where the ball would come to Jasper, and I'm like, okay, great, go fast. Here we go on attack. And it was an, he played a negative ball, and I'm like, oh shoot, we could have gone quick. We could have gone quick, and then. The announcers are like, oh, we could have gone quick on that one. Oh, Real Salt Lake really holding on to it and instead of going for it. And, you know, like like the stats played out on it. 30 shots for them in the game, 11 for us. And yet, the, the goal came off of really nothing, right? I mean, their shots weren't like super high quality, like amazing shots. I think Hector Herrera... Probably should have scored. 
a couple of times in both games and didn't, but um, he ended up he, – did he get the goal that they called back or was that somebody else? Corey Baird got called back. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that one caught, Which got called was, back. I think with every U.S. Open Cup game, you had to have a interference goal called back. Offsides, interference. I hate but, it. Uh, I hate it. The other thing, it. too, I, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of that, although it played in our favor because if we'd have gone down yeah. 2-0, the game would have been over. But right the, half, the, yeah. the possession, the amount of possession, 68% to 32% essentially in the game, you just – I understand there's teams that don't need to have the ball, but until you're Man City – or somewhere along those lines, I think you're better off having the ball, even if you uh, aren't making anything of it, even if there's a lot of just controlling the ball and passing it around the back, trying to look for an opening. But to just give up that kind of a possession differential in Houston, 400 degrees, 900 degrees humidity, whatever it is, and to be running around chasing the ball all game. RSL was really lucky not to be down 3-1 or something by 3 nothing in this one by halftime. Well, super lucky not to be down 2 because right before half the cross came in and I don't I still don't know what Brody was doing. Like uh, I love oh, the that's kid, right. but Oh my gosh. He just turned oh. and kicked it right back up the middle. Like it was just one of the it's just a play where you're like, Brody never does that, right? So that's the goal they score. That against LAFC. The guy the guy is he panics. And it, it felt like a panic on that one. Yeah. I agree. But he normally doesn't do that. That's not really Brody. Brody had a really rough game. Like you said, probably the worst of his like a lot of this game was probably his fault, which is too bad. Um, you know, the U.S. Open Cup came down to that. Because usually we can mask the things that Brody doesn't do well and then allow him to do what he does do well, which is hold the ball up and get forward and get past people. But, again, he didn't do that in this game. So it what it did is it also created a, uh, a situation where it put more pressure on Vera and more pressure on Justin Glad. So, I, you know, and and that play, that play, I no idea what he was doing. I, yeah, I think he turned and thought the defender was on the other side, and when he turned back, he was like, oh, no, he's right here instead, and then he panicked and kicked it instead of just knocking it out, you know? It was a beautiful assist. So... <laughs> went, yeah, he tapped it, it gently me. right to Herrera and hung out. Which was almost the same thing as, as what happened in the Seattle game this weekend where uh, their center back scored for both teams. He scored for his team, and then he <laughs> scored for the other team. Uh, yeah, so that that was a fun one. But sticking with the, uh, the, the U.S. Open Cup, that was an opportunity for us to really get a Champions League spot and for it to fall through, for us to not host the final, 
to have Messi in the final and have them have a miracle comeback against Cincinnati like they did would have just been amazing. And that's just a, it's too bad. It's really, really too bad. Yeah. Now, can I we was, talk about the rest? No, not yet. Not Ooh. yet. We'll get there. Not yet. One thing I not think that game. really hurt RSL that was talked about a little bit that may have made a difference in this. And that was the LA galaxy game that was postponed because of the hurricane on the West coast. While RSL wasn't playing and getting up to game speed. Houston was running Portland off the pitch and, and running their coach right out of town. Yeah. 5-0. So I think that really, really was an opportunity lost for them to get up to game speed and see what would happen. Maybe if they have this type of game against LA Galaxy, trying the new formation without Pablo, you've, you you approach the Houston game a little differently. Uh, I don't know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I do think that not having that LA Galaxy game really didn't help. May not have determined the outcome against Houston in that kind of heat, but it did. Um, it could have been better. The other thing, too, about this game that I found uh, really telling was the number of passes. Houston had 776 passes. RSL had 371. They had more more than double the passes of RSL. That's Those guys must have been worn the freak out after running around chasing the ball that much. So anyway, not a great yeah. game. Um, they did. But it's a lot of chasing. And, and to 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 stick with your point, though, we came back. We got a goal in the 64th, and we made a game of it, and we took them to extra time. So this is the second time we've got, we, you know, this year, that we've gotten a result in Houston. However, this one went to overtime because we have to have a winner. There's no ties in the cups. So in extra time, they got two goals and beat us. But, you know, to, to get a – you know, real time, extra time result. I, I think that's a result. You know what I mean? Like it, you gotta have to look at that and say, hey, yeah, we went down into the heat. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, everybody was sweating, and yeah, guys weren't running hard at the end of the game. And I know, I know that's hard for fans to watch, to look out on the field and see Brody in the 90th minute not making that run and going, come on, man. But it's easy to do that from your couch, right? When you're not exhausted, <laughs> to look up and say, "Come on, run!" You know. But when you're well, out there running, yeah. it's a different deal. You, you know. Well, I, I think when when I was watching the game, and um, looking at these guys that are gassed, I was more annoyed that it allowed it was allowed to happen. That was the game plan, right? to sit back maybe and try and counter where, especially in Houston, you're going to run around and in the heat and get tired out. So I don't think that the game plan played into what was best for the team either. Well, the game, that may not have been the game plan, but the game didn't play out in a way that was fair to the RSL players. When when you're chasing that. And the other thing I thought was a bit harsh was the amount of 
calls that went against us. Can we talk about the ref now? Um, before you say anything, I do slightly agree with you. I think the ref let quite a bit go. It got pretty. It got pretty choppy, and I think that's why Vera exploded. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think, I think I th- both games. I know. Yeah, I'll let you have because uh, I may agree with you, but I do think that um, I like it when the refs let them play. But there is a very fine line between calling too many fouls and not calling enough. And if you don't get it right, you end up with some some heated play. Yeah, and I think Lucas Spala had had a rough weekend. He the week before he had a couple of calls overturned. He maybe he wasn't right. Maybe he was off his game. You know, the Polish international referee just was you know not quite on his game. Maybe it was maybe it was hot and he was seeing things. I'm not sure, but there were multiple 50-50 balls where we just didn't get the calls, and then you know. Obviously, the the big one is at the end when Palacio gets hit in the face. And to be fair, the linesman caught it, which I tweeted. And I I was jumping up off my couch, swinging my arms around, too, trying to hit everything. No one was there. Um, (laughs) My wife ducked, really. She's good good at ducking. Um, Did she get a stern look? Tyler. Tyler. The... Yeah, you know, you know how my wife treats me. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Tyler, Tyler. Anyway, so the 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 flag went up. I mean, the the assistant referee caught it. Lucas Spala was slow to react to the whistle. By the time he did, you know, Caicedo had already gone into the corner with Vera, and that's first of all, that's almost always a yellow card when you swing your hand back at an opponent and catch him in the face. It's almost always a yellow card. How he escaped without a yellow card? No idea. No idea. Probably because of all the melee that happened after that. But also before that, Karaskia probably should have been cautioned three or four times. He I'll caught give you people that. Absolutely. in very painful situations. And then when he got his yellow card, he was like going nuts. He like spiked the ball and started screaming at the ref. Very demonstrative, and I'm like, okay, if he doesn't card him now, this is just nuts. I can't believe he's putting up with this. So I think he shouldn't have been on the field by the time he scored the game-winning goal, to be honest, based upon the performance. But Lucas Spala has been very hesitant and very nice players, referee, or whatever. He's not dishing out the cards. But in this game, there was a 22-minute conduct to Griffin Dorsey, 20, or 38-minute caution to Ache Ache, 38-minute to Brian Vera. Arango got one in the 59th minute because he kept getting knocked over, and the ref didn't call it. So he went and cracked the guy back. It was a retaliatory yellow, and of course it was. He got hit in the head on the one play, and Lucas Spala didn't even call it a foul or did he call it a foul i think he called it a foul he can't he brought it back but chicho was ready to throw man he was he was like he hit me in the back of the head and like yeah. why didn't that go to review uh, right I do where think were you I, Edward, savage var 
I will agree with you that I think that uh, the game could have been called differently. I don't know that it would have made much difference because I, I think, think it that, I think that this is a game where the better the better team, the better prepared team, the better composed team, um, they actually won the game. If you look at the stats, I think RSL was lucky to be in the game, and it's one of those games where maybe the better team doesn't win because. RSL really created that one shot when um, it was a great play by um, Julio to get the goal. But other than that, RSL just, it was more of Houston letting RSL hang around. Yes, the officiating could have been a lot better. And Houston is a team that I'm really starting to dislike. They remind me very much of, Kansas City and the constant, constant whining, and yeah, it's, very mouthy. It, apparently, I want to know what they said to Vera too to make him want to put somebody in a headlock and then not punch him. You know, like. so <laughs> and you know, it's one of those games that if if you it could have gone either way. RSL Houston let RSL stick around, um, they couldn't put them away, but they were the better team. They're certainly the better prepared team. It seemed like. Um, their game plan was better, and um, until that second goal, I mean, there, it was there for the taking, but only not by anything the RSL had done. Is that fair, or is that hard? Yeah, I think I think it could have gone better because if Spala makes those calls and and issues the yellow cards earlier. Uh, I think that at the end of the game, RSL aren't as gassed because they've had a few more chances. They have a little bit more belief in themselves. But on the night, Houston was the better team. We hung around. We stayed close. We kept it tight and took it to extra time where we couldn't quite get there. And, and, you know, out of all the results that are out there, I'll take it, you know? I'll take it. I like the fight from Brian Vera at the end. Of course, it crossed the line, but I I like the fight in this team. Brennan, I, don't think, you... I don't think the team has the fight. I think certain players have the fight. I don't think as a team they really have that connect where they're they're really ready to fight each other. Because like Brian Vera was like inspirational with his with his demeanor. I think I would have I. I want to see that happen. I don't, I, I take, get a red card. I mean, I think, I think that game was very, very frustrating. I think Karaskia should have gotten a yellow and changed the entire tempo of what he was doing. I think that early in the game with him being like that, I think if a card is given that changes the whole demeanor of the game. Um, and I, I support Vera a thousand percent. I think he should have gotten him, on that swing, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, he lucky he missed, so he's not getting like fine or anything like that. But I, I think the ref let too much on both ways. I mean, I think there was a couple of times that we had a, a couple of calls where I was like, "Why did you not stop play for that?" It, it's just it was it was a frustrating game, and I don't really feel that we. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it in the second game. But it's the rotation, I think, that is failing us. I think we're stretching our rotation too thin. And we're 
we're not as a solid unit in those rotations. I feel that we need to have a solid minimum seven players that are a constant. You know, our center backs are a constant. Well, our, our back line is a constant. I think that needs to happen. I think our midfield needs to be a constant. And then maybe four positions that can be rotated. You know, the wingers and the strikers. But just having to go from starting Crylock in that first game to putting Bodie in on the right side for the second game, it was it was frustrating. It was the negative side of that rotation that we're doing. Yeah, I have to agree with yeah. you there. I think both both lineups for the Houston games could have been better. And I, I think that played a role in how the games actually went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating. Do we want to get anything but, anything else on the But even then, well, like we took him to extra time, we put in a good shift. I think the game in Houston is by far the better game. And also, it's something to to kind of look at this team at and say, hey, they've got some real guys on this team that can go out there and take a hit. Um, who ran into um, McMath and knocked him over? Herrera. Or was no, that, it was Archer. Was, yeah, it, it was Archer or Herrera. No, it's Ache Ache, which is a fantastic. I love that nickname. The thirty-eighth minute, yeah, yeah. I thought that I was surprised that more wasn't said for done done that. I don't even think he got a yellow, right? No, no. he did. Did he? The thirty-eighth. Well, he did okay, get... That was the challenge. I remember if that was it or not, but I I thought he did. But yeah, there there were a couple of other tackles and things that happened that I was like that that was nothing. That was nothing. That's something. I'm pretty sure that's something. Well, you bring right? you bring up the whole whole thing. Sorry to cut you off. No, um, go ahead. Well, the whole Herrera thing. I think I think that needs to be a yellow card for reckless because of when he chose to jump and how he was on the way down before he even got to her um, to McMath. So he totally misjudged that and ran still ran into him and he was nowhere near getting the ball. So I think that needs to be a yellow card because that was a very poor challenge. But yeah, another reason why. But again, even even with all those things, McMath's headache and the back line being bend but don't break, and you know all those things add up. And yeah, we don't step in the hundred and whatever eighteenth minute or whatever hundred and fifth minute. We don't step and close down Karaskia. Okay, that was it. Was it was at least a good goal? You know what I mean? At least it was like, a, oh boy, that was a strike. You know what I mean? I like I hate I hate losing on the like the Portland game when you know like a couple of years ago in the playoffs where Aaron Herrera just turned around and kicked it to the spot and they just tapped it in like like no no don't lose like that. Oh. Oh but, yeah. No. <laughs> you know, our first goal in this game was that way, but the game winning goal, okay, that if we're going to lose, let's lose like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was disappointed though that he was able to walk right through the midfield and cut cut through it like they were. Well, I guess they were pretty tired, but at the end of the day, I think I don't know Maybe RSL, if there's a little better officiating and 
like you say, all the points that um, maybe Houston doesn't feel like they can just have carte blanche and do whatever they want. Maybe uh, the game plays a little cleaner and maybe into RSL's favor. But really, at the end of the day, I honestly think the better team won that night. And I think I think they were better set up because I really think putting Crylock in was just a massive, massive mistake. And then taking Luna out at halftime. Um, he didn't have a great game. So... But, yeah, it, it's almost like I don't. I, yeah, I, I was Luna wasn't great, but he wasn't Brody. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I was surprised Luna came out um, because <laughs> I thought he would put him in the middle. I would rather see a Luna if you're going to play that four four one one. Put Luna underneath and and drop Krylock back into the midfield because he's not going to run around. He's not going to go. Let him stay in the middle and be five man midfield, and just leave him in the center. Yeah, yeah, something like that, and maybe have the, a creative guy up top to work with with Chicho Arango, because that seems to be without Pablo, uh, no one's going forward. It's like Lawson, negative ball, negative ball, negative ball. They they get the ball, they look up, they don't think they can make the pass, and they turn around and pass it back, and it's just been incredibly detrimental. Yeah, and then in the 96th minute, my buddy Michael Chang came on, and I was like, oh, boy, my prediction is about to come true, boys. He's going <laughs> to come in. He's going to get this random, weird flick, game-winning goal, and we're all going to go home happy, and Miami's going to come to the riot, and Messi will all be here. The prophecy will be fulfilled, and there will be harmony in the universe. And it didn't end up happening that way. No, wah, wah. and there, there was the wailing and gnashing of teeth that RSL once again did not take advantage of an opportunity to play in the final. Uh, and I was thinking about it too because there's some people that were really more upset. Maybe, and there's maybe that generation of new RSL fans that were alive but weren't really around paying attention in 2013. The last time we lost, both the U.S. Open Cup final and the MLS Cup final, a lot of the a lot of the folks that was ten years ago. Yeah, so they may not have been paying attention. So, welcome, welcome to the club. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That was tough, but you know we had a chance to totally redeem ourselves. We did. Are we ready to call halftime? Is this halftime? Yeah, halftime. Thanks, Brennan. <laughs> halftime. Uh, so now we're switching gears. This time it's RSL against Houston. Wait, wasn't last time? Before we get there, I had a I had another question. We I asked about uh, RSL Peak. You guys don't necessarily agree with that, but. Did the league's no. did the league's cup break cut into our momentum? Did it? I think people... we, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. You have been a negative Nelly the <laughs> moment they have any sort of loss. Like, dude, look at big picture. Just have faith. Like one loss, you're like this could be the downhill side of RSL. It could be the end. 
It's like, I, oh, man. I'm just point, pointing out stuff, trying to have a conversation. Yeah, no, 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 I, 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 these, fight or flight. Okay. <laughs> Apparently I'm a fighter. Fourth place, man. And Houston are now two points behind us, as is San Jose and uh, three points behind our Vancouver. So it's super tight right in there. LAFC are at 40. Seattle and us are at 37, but they've played one last game. Um, oh, wait. They've played one more game. Seattle has, right? And us. we're only five points. We just have a point differential. We're um, seven points away from first or more than that. We could have been... Uh, four no, points we're seven away. points. Yeah, seven points away from first. We could have been four points yeah. away from first. But now well, we are only points away from Kansas City, which is 11th place. So, Yeah, we're only five points away from being out of the playoffs. Well, only because we have such a great goal differential now after a 3-0 loss. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to negative two. And I'm... It's really interesting. Austin is just struggling. I think there's, I wonder, Wolf is, Josh Wolf's got to be on the hot seat there if they don't make the playoffs. And I'm surprised Minnesota's down there in 10th. They haven't had the season I expected them to have. But And I'm enjoying Portland being down there and Kansas City. And L.A. L.A. are still down there, right? Yes. At the very bottom. Is Colorado the worst team in MLS? Yep. Only three wins on the year out of 19 games. So do we want to we want to talk about the the lineup for this the most recent Houston RSL game? Yeah. Brendan, you want to take us through that one? Um, Beavers and Gold and we had um, Brody, Glad, Silva, and who did we start with? Bodie and he and Oviedo. Oh, Bodie, Bodie was the back. Oviedo, Bodie yeah. and Oviedo. Oviedo. Yep. And then um, I I don't know. Do you have any friends? Sabarino, Flaffelson, Palacio, Chang, and Moose and Arango. Four four two, not the four four one one. So. So we thought, okay, this team is so much better than the other team. Nope, we did not think that. When I saw this because, yeah, go ahead. What are you saying? Were you hopeful? No. (laughs) What what did you think when you saw the lineup? When I saw the lineup, the first thing I thought is like, so I guess we're not going to have much in the midfield. To have Palacio and Loffelson in the midfield, I thought, oh, man, we're going to get crushed in the midfield. And I think we were. Well, they were – Palacio was playing a center back most of the game. It was a very funky situation. Bodie moving up, Oviedo moving up, and Palacio played very, very far back. Yeah, um, in behind when Loffelson went forward. Yeah, like it. I thought Palacio had the, a good game, a decent game, a better game than than Jasper. Jasper, it's like two games of just horrible play. I thought. 
Well, don't bash him too much. I think um, he did get the ball more, which led to more, you know, mess-ups. Uh, Palacio didn't touch the ball very often. Um, but I really think what didn't set him up were the wingers. I think uh, Sava was, – wasn't Sava in this one? He was on the left yeah, side, Yeah, right? Sava was above Bodhi Hidalgo. And you had Jing and Oviedo. See, that uh, – it was very frustrating watching Bodhi. I think Sabarino did not have a good game. I think he was not creating anything. He was he was trying to do his, his jukes and stuff. And if he just was moving forward with a single touch, I think that's a whole different opportunity for us. But it really showed the effect – like the, the lack of effectiveness Bodhi is uh, offensively. I think – he held up quite a lot of opportunities, gave up the ball quite a bunch. It it felt like we had a weak side all game. And You're talking about Bodie? Yeah, Bodie. I think Bodie had a very, very weak offensive yeah. side and really well, made a struggle. Really, I think he really tries to not let people get by him. And in the in the process, what he does, what he gives up, is he lets his guy Cross the ball. Now, Brad Smith's not that crafty, but he's really good at knocking balls in behind. And then I think he knocked one in before the one that Baird scored. But, man, he, he just knocked that ball in, and it was perfect on a platter for Baird. And, again, this is where our B team, which is what I'm going to call this lineup, our B team, even though we – probably have our best strikers in our B team didn't get there. Silva's lost a step. He couldn't dive in and make that tackle. Glad can't cover everything. Bodie's got to not let that cross come in. You know what I mean? So for our B team, okay. You know, a mistake. It, it's understandable every, you know, eight minutes or so, I guess. Uh, well, right from kickoff. <laughs> Right from kickoff, yeah. we're watching the game, and the very first play, Houston uh, is dangerous within the first 20 seconds. Right through the midfield, over to the right side, and I thought, holy cow. Yeah, they were the better team for the first 20 minutes. And I watched the game again, and the the uh, announcers, Max Bratos, Maximilos, and uh, Dunny were really perplexed with the left side of the RSL. Oviedo and Chang, those two, those two couldn't hook up a pass if they were stuck in an elevator. They were off so bad. Do you think that was Oviedo's fault? I don't. I think Oviedo had quality. I think he was just not helped. Yeah, I I just don't think maybe they haven't played enough together, but they they just could not figure it out. And this it's been a, an Achilles heel of RSL, especially in the midfield. It kind of disappeared for a while when they were really successful in that run, and maybe that has a lot to do with how Pablo was playing, but they still would have too many unforced errors and giveaways and turnovers. And without Pablo those unforced errors are just magnified. Well, and here's here's another thing I kind of noticed when I re rewatched the game as well, and I rewatched both of them just to 
you know, drive daggers into my own heart, but whatever, you know, like on the, on the second goal, 28th minute, right. Chang is guarding stairs. Right. And, and, and okay. Before we break that goal down, Houston does a really good job at changing things up. They don't do the same thing over and over and over. They try a whole bunch of different things. They try going down the wing. They try, the channel they try in between the center backs they try the other channel they try the other wing they try lobbing balls in they try dribbling people they try one touch passes they try it's called variation of service right that that's essentially what we're trying variation to figure out what's going to work on the night because some nights it's going to work and some nights i won't work that's why they took apart who was the last week they took apart portland i think five zero yeah right so so, because they are not one-dimensional. They have multiple dimensions. Even if their dimensions in one or two of those are not A grades, you know, maybe they're Bs, but they're so unexpected that we didn't see it coming, right? And then to the second goal, Steres, who plays center back, by the way, right? He kind of sneaks up for the throw-in, and they throw it short, and Chang is guarding him. You can watch the goal play out. Basically, Chang just watches Steris. Steris jogs behind him. Chang kind of thinks he has him. They loft the ball in, and he just makes a run, and nobody runs with him. Cause, and then Silva looks around like, whose guy was that? Where did Steris come from? And the announcers are like, yeah, Steris snuck right by. Chang just stopped, dude. Beavers doing because he didn't even he didn't even jump up with the ball like it looked like he was thinking the ball was going to land in front of homeboy. Yeah, and, I think he didn't think Steris was going to get to it. He was like, "Oh, I got that," and then Steris got to it. So I think McMath stays on his line, but you know, under under normal conditions, Steris probably could have taken that down off his chest and scored. But again, he barely got to it. He flicked it over him. It, you know, it was one of those timing goals where the keeper's timing coming out, he's never going to get there. You know, it's just not the thing. But that's why you got to make your run. And our midfielders are not great at running with people going through. They're not. They're not great at that. They kind of are like, all right, you got him, Silva. I, I, I think that's what... Chang was doing, I think. I'm not really yeah. sure because that happens all the time. Is that what is that? Is that just coaching where they say you're, you you got to say something, you pass them off? But it happens way too much for Real Salt Lake. Maybe it happens every team, but it just seems like even even that first game, a lot of standing around, a lot of watching. The second game, a lot of standing around and watching. Although it was really interesting, you know, RSL had the majority of possession, 53 to uh, 53.5 to 46.5. But it but didn't feel why, like right? it. You give up two goals it, in 29 minutes, you can sit back a lot of the rest of the game. You don't have to press. You yeah, don't have to it, get after. And it didn't feel like they had the ball that much. That, and I wanted to say kudos to Corey Baird. On that first goal, because I think that's uh, if you watch his run, he kind of baits Silva. As soon as Silva turns his head, 
uh, Corey Baird kind of fades away and gets a better angle when that ball comes through. Silva can't get there, and it's game over. So it was a nice run by Corey Baird. I'm not a huge fan of his, but. No, he's he's definitely played better since he's kind of, I don't know, humbled himself maybe. Yeah, in Houston here. But uh, I think he's he's definitely playing a lot better um, with that group. And, and that's a big part of teamwork is making sure you're together and the runs that you know you're going to make. Because Corey Baird could have run front post or he could have run back post. But he looked over and he saw who was on the wing and it was Brad Smith on the ball. And he's like, that's going to go back post. So he made the fake to the front, run to the back. Silva was kind of halfway there. And by the time he broke, the ball was already gone, and he just couldn't recover in time. Now, again, I don't know if Brian Vera makes that recovery. You know, Vera has covered stuff like that for us in the past. So, again, Silva at this point, I would call him our second string center back. So, that goal was our second string center back. The second goal was our second string outside wide player. Like, and maybe both of them are on their way out of those second strings, right? We got a new signing at center back. Joe Macon. Kevin Lambert. You can step into midfield. Yeah, Lambert, right? So he could have come off the bench. He didn't, but he could have. Um, And then, you know, I think Chang might have seen his last days playing for us. I think with Gomez and Luna and and Saverino and you know all the guys in front of him, he might not be playing anymore the rest of the season. We hadn't seen him in a long time anyway. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I going back to the lineup. I thought I would love to see. I, I like Jasper Loffelson. I love the story, but if you're gonna have, he can't be part of a two-man midfield. And if Double we can't figure out, me. yeah, yeah, he just he just cannot do it. And if if we if we aren't going to find somebody, I was surprised Kevin Lambert didn't start. To be totally honest, um, really, a brand new player that's never seen our system before. See, I Kinda, think Brennan yeah. would have preferred to see a Nelly in that defensive mid spot. I would have I would have taken a Nelly there. I would have taken. Ojeda, I think Ojeda didn't play because of, you know, rotation. Um, I think they they kind of expected probably Houston to do the same thing that we did and not have their A-team a out there, which they didn't have to start, and they still outplayed us. But I think Loffelson, moving forward, we can talk about upcoming games. If he sticks with the double pivot, who's that going to be? It can't be Loffelson. So maybe is you going to go to a 4-5-1, You have to do something in the midfield to get better midfield play because we're leaving Chicho Arango out there all by himself. He had he came back so far to get, get a touch on the ball during the game. We just haven't been able to find him, and that's where he excels, right, is when you find him. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about uh, kind of variation of service. Like he's making different runs, and the team isn't adjusting to that go for the goal mentality. 
right? It was so much play it back, play it back. I was sitting by Brennan during the game, and I was like, we're just playing it back, dude, every time. We're just playing it back. Not going to win you a lot of games playing that way. You got to attack, especially with the team that we have. We got to go quick, you know? We get a turnover, attack. Like, that's how we got a lot of our goals is lobbing balls up and over the top, Moose and Chicho making runs, you know, getting dangerous after it. But it was almost like when we'd win the ball. In fact, one time Chang won the ball, and he turned to look upfield, and there, I thought there was a play on, and uh, the guy actually guarded the back pass and stole the ball. And I was like, dude, just lob it up there. Give your guy a chance. You know, it's like in the NFL where you have a good wide receiver. Sometimes you just throw it up there and hope they make a play, right? Yeah, you throw it to his back shoulder and he comes back for it because the defender's not watching the ball. I, I don't know who had a good game in this game for RSL. I really don't. I don't. Uh, Chang and Oviedo, I, I think we've talked about Oviedo. I think him as a left back isn't going to work anymore. But having him play on a wing could be beneficial because of experience, but he just, he's going to get beat too many times. And yeah, Bodie. Just a little too slow. I think at this point of his career, yeah. he's smart though. So I think he could yeah. still get away with playing the midfield. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I thought Palacio played all right, but he didn't have anybody to cover him. Um, and lot Jasper just had too many turnovers. Savarino, he, what he, he may, I think I might have had more touches in the game than he did. He was just, didn't even know he was out there for 20 minutes. And yeah, it was. And there was really, another delay. Right? It was re- I, mean, I was really, really surprised at how poorly they played. I thought yeah. they would have come out and been fired up to take it to Houston and. It, it wasn't it wasn't there. That was the opposite. Well, one thing Brandon, I wanted to talk about was, uh, was the challenge on Clark by Julio. Um, I looked at the replay again where he slid in behind the goalie when he came down, and his lead foot didn't touch him at all. I think maybe his foot that he, you know, like when you slide, you tuck your one foot in. I think that foot maybe might have touched him. And I think that's such a stupid call. Yellow and card, you like, mean? Mm-hmm. Or the foul? Just both. I mean, I think I think it should not be a yellow card. I think the fact that that defender is getting up in Julio's face should be just as much as a yellow card as Julio getting one. And I think I don't like that Clark guy. I think oh, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't like Steve Clark at all. <laughs> and I thought if we, um. We can talk about the, uh, the the officiating this game too, because I think it was a little bit the same. I thought Chilowitz should have pulled out a yellow for both sides in the first half. How we didn't, have, how there wasn't a yellow card in the first half, I don't know. But I think that would have gone a lot. I don't. Again, I don't think it take. I don't think it changes how horribly RSL was playing. But I do think that uh, both of these games they kind of aired and. Could have pulled out cards earlier. But, again, they had nothing to do with the outcome, really. 
so there was a there was there was a point in the game where I think it would have been a whole different game if it would have went the right way. Um, there was a challenge on the left side um, when we we're going down towards the south end. Um, I can't remember who was on the ball, and the Houston defender actually kicks the ball out um, at the last second, but the AR on our side did not catch it. And that guy was actually bugging me quite a bit through that whole game. He was seeing quite a quite a bit of stuff and just, you know, turning a blind eye to it. And it was very frustrating. But even in the replay, because I pulled it back up on my phone while we were watching, because I had Apple TV on, I was like, oh, I just watched replays. And you totally see the Houston defenders lead foot that's catching him kick the ball further out. And right after that is when they score that next goal. And I think if we don't allow that to happen, we we could we could have seen a different game, which doesn't really sound very good because I mean it seems like I'm like giving this one excuse that tilted the entire universe to make it all work. But it's really just it was it was frustrating to see that, and it's so clear. You know what I mean? It's very frustrating. Good Agreed. Talk. Agreed. I, I, no, like I said. See, see, for me, though, I, I kind of like that idea, Brennan. I like what you're saying because, like, part of it is, like, okay, Chang didn't make that run with him. Silva was – it was Silva-Chang, right? They were picking on that kind of combination there. And in those two moments, they outplayed us and scored goals, and that made the game easier for them. They were able to sit back at altitude and let the game come to them, which is kind of what they did. And then, you know, it started to rain and ran inside because there was lightning and weather delay. The the raccoons came out, and they were uh, squeegeeing the field off with raccoons. Yeah, I didn't see any birds or anything. Was there any anything crazy happening with that? I think it's anyway. the first time, and maybe the only time, that we'll see teddy bears booed. There was a little bit, because it was the teddy bear toss at halftime. Or whenever there was the first goal, they did it last year, and they RSL scored a goal in the first half, and everybody threw the teddy bears on the field, and that was a lot of fun. But this time, I was hoping that they would score because if they didn't score and they were down, um, going into halftime, people were going to boo teddy bears getting thrown on the field. So it kind of put a little bit of a damper on um, what should have been a lot of fun. But there was a lot of teddy bears. Uh, it was kick childhood cancer night, so that was a lot of fun. And, Ooh, much yeah. better kits from last year. Were you just going to say that? Oh, Houston's kits are those black kids are nice or the kick childhood cancer, both of them. Both. Well, we should talk, we should talk about kids if we have a second. Yeah. Um, we're at first is the kick childhood. Perfect. Kick childhood cancer. That was a step up. I really think that was a step up from the checkers. Um, the Houston dynamo Jersey, how just the very edge of their cuff is orange. That's oh, yeah. exactly how much orange be on any soccer jersey um Agreed. <laughs> and then i think every jersey in mls needs to have a street version like the new york red bulls like the one you sent me those like the graffiti new york and all that oh, yeah oh, that would be so awesome if we had a 
graffiti all over, like Salt Lake City or Salt City. It just that says like so sick. There needs to Especially be in like that. The the New York wow. one is really wow. nice. The New York one I, is I really nice. Good but far from good close up. The New York one is better than the Atlanta one. The Atlanta one isn't as good as the New York one. But the ATG one? Yeah. The the Hugh, the black Houston kit with a little trim of orange and the what's really nice is the silver letters. The silver letters mm. on the back of that kit were were really dope. I, I really like like that. But uh Yeah, that's a super tight kit. It's one of my favorites. I think it's called the Man in Black or something. It's like the anyway. Yeah, so that was really nice. Pretty and I good. did like the kick childhood cancer training tops. Those were those were really nice. Yep. The so, dark blue with the yellow. Anything else on kits? Um, I might, I might bend and buy a messy jersey. The pink Even one I, or the yeah. the black one. Um, I was talking to Tyler about this during the game. Um, I think the black one is one that you should wear, and then the pink one is the one you put on the wall. Um, but I'm probably just gonna buy the pink one because I'm not scared of that color at all. Um. No, and I like it. It doesn't go well with certain skin tones, like mine. <laughs> True. <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome isn't the best. Um, yeah, but... it's got to be hard for you where you can wear any color at any time, right? Well, it's hard because, like, I have to do my hair in the morning because it's oh, kind of like, I... do I have a good hair day? Well, do I have a bad hair day? Yeah. Wow, you have hair days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... I thought about <laughs> buying some. I thought about buying some hair just to have. Get a toupee. You get a toupee. <laughs> yeah, I, can see I thought that. about that just to, to throw it on to throw people off. <laughs> so, anyway, that's enough of that. So, RSL, I was really surprised to starting the second half of this game. No subs. You're down to make the subs. I mean, I think you would, would you wait until. The 57th, 58th, 59th minute, but right before the, right before yeah, the. Yeah. When was the. Then you went triple sub. So Luna. Triple sub. In, Sava out, Luna in, Moose and, out. And Rubin for Chang. And that was right before the, right before the weather delay, right? Right after. The subs. The yeah, they came after. right after the delay. Yeah, yeah. And by I, then, I by then Artur had already gone in for Herrera, so Herrera played his first half. He's like, "We're up to zero. We're gonna win. I'm out." So he left. Karaskia came in. I, right. I really would have. I would have rather. I would have loved to seen sub those subs at halftime. Because why wait? What are you waiting for? You're down two nothing. And you got the B team in there. Get some people that are going to make a difference. And then it started to rain. And that RSL, even before that, though, they seemed to have come out and play a little bit better. But the weather delay kind of threw a monkey wrench into everything. And, uh, yeah. 
I was just, I, didn't, yeah, I hate I to like admit that. Have like conspired against us, right? The heavens, the rain. <laughs> the... Now, last time it rained that hard, we won, right? And that's the thing. I, I think we're going to bounce back from this. I really do. I think that the third goal was just a great goal by Houston. The other two goals were clear mistakes by our team. And if you go back to the full two games, they scored when we made mistakes and we didn't score when they made mistakes. So like you got to punish the mistakes of your, you know, opponents and we didn't do that and they did. And you know, when it could have been, you know, a ref could step in and make, uh, make us one, then it didn't happen. And that's okay. I'm, I'm not saying it should have happened specifically, but it just didn't. Right. So, because that's where we are, then I still think this team can do well. I think, you know, we're sitting in fourth place and we've got plenty to play for. We've got a, a pretty good schedule coming up. We've got LA, we've got, you know what I mean? Like mostly Western conference teams down the stretch. Got Portland. So, yeah. So Portland is this Wednesday week. away. And then home to Colorado, who sucks. Portland sucks. And then away to San Jose. San Jose is in playoff condition position. And then FC Dallas at home. And then Vancouver at home. And then LAFC away. Kansas City at home. Galaxy, the makeup game away. And Colorado away. So I'm hoping that we can get comfortable spot in the playoffs before those last two road games. Colorado would love to knock us out of the playoffs. They're, that's the only thing they're going to have to play for on the last yeah, game of the season. Three wins and 11 losses on the season. And the same with the Galaxy. The Galaxy are probably going to be needing points. They, I would guess they will not be eliminated from the playoffs by this. It could go down to... Uh, well, they could be out of the playoffs. So they, you got two teams that would love to kick RSL in the teeth and keep them from getting a home playoff game or even making the playoffs. So would love to see RSL be RSL and be in a, a really good position. So those games may not matter as much. Maybe it's the difference between third or fourth place or fourth or fifth place instead of, and you want to finish in fourth, but it's better than ninth or tenth place. But the, it is a favorable schedule. There are some tough teams down the road, but it is a favorable schedule for ourselves to get points. And the first so first team you need to beat. LAFC, we can just pencil that in as an L. Thanks, LAFC, for your... Paul, um, stop saying that. Just so, just send the Monarchs. Just send so, the Monarchs. No, here's, here's the, okay, <laughs> shut up, negative Nelly. Okay? So here's the deal. Right now, the, the schedule that we have is a godsend. So everyone in Utah, they all have faith. We all know this. And I think this is a great time to believe in Real Salt Lake. We have a schedule that if is going to allow us to iron out a lot of our mistakes, find a, a way to reestablish who we are as an entity, as a team, and by the time we get to see LAFC, we should have had ample amount of time to come up with 
one of our best plays, or not best plays, our best teams that we can offer. I I don't like this whole, well, we're just going to lose the LAFC. That's a crack of crap. I mean, if you have that same mentality, we didn't win in 2009. Because that would have never happened if we just kept saying, oh, we're never going to win. Blah, blah, blah. No. Mm-mm. You two suck. Just saying. I'm just going to be blunt. You two really <laughs> suck. And so uh, you guys like, well, we're, we're, ever since you started, we've been fans. It's like, no, you've been pessimists ever since you started. And no, I, do, I know the odds. I know the odds. I don't love them. I don't love them against the <laughs> But this week, I'm excited to play Portland and, and uh, Colorado. So that's going to be great. I am really yeah, I interested. I'm really interested to see what what they do against Portland. They've got the uh, no old old coach bunch uh, bump. The no coach. No, they already the lost Well, they still they got Miles Joseph. Yeah, Miles Joseph, who was a former assistant to Jason Christ when he was here. He's the interim takeover. Guy, interim coach. Yep, and he already lost. Uh, their they lost to some green team. I think it was Austin. I just remember they had those horrible pink couch cushiony, you know, oh. church couch <laughs> kid. The church couch. And Evander just gave away a horrible penalty. Just ran over and kicked a guy in the box. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Just kick it in the middle and let him score like Brody does, dude. That'll leave a mark when you kick him in the box. But I do think that uh, uh, I'll be interested to see do they stick with the same lineup, the same formation, or what are they going to do with the double pivot? If Loffelson starts, I will be very disappointed if Loffelson starts. I can't imagine Loffelson's going to start same with Kryla. If either <laughs> one of those guys starts, holy cow. Um, you're just not so, seeing it, huh? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not seeing it with with Jasper. But we'll see how it goes. I have been wrong so many times. So I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm at the point now where it's like I don't. I just want to watch the games and enjoy the games, and you know, kind of share what I'm seeing. So uh, we ended up losing three nothing. Um, no fisticuffs, no WWE. Um, no, because Vera wasn't in there, which was sad too. Because what was it? Yellow card accumulation? He said. Well, I think he he was, well, was out. Was a, yeah, it was yellow card. No, it was Vera didn't play because it was yellow card accumulation for MLS, the U.S. Open Cup. He shouldn't have to worry about any suspension there. Unless the league steps in and says there's something to do with violent conduct or something and it gives him an extra uh, suspension. But really, for Vera, he'll just have to wait yeah, until. I still, don't know what, I still don't know what Bossy said to him to make him want to headlock him. You know? It, it's almost like Bossy thought he could say whatever he wanted. And Vera was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, to Brendan's point, I do love uh, Vera, what he brings, and I love what Chicho brings. Chicho doesn't take any crap either. He got that; it was kind of cheap yellow yeah. he got, 
when uh, he went through the Houston player. And Houston, oh, man, they make a meal out of everything. You know, have a little pride. Play with a little heart. And Well, I love how, how Lawfelson did that. He kind of came through and, and punished uh, Karaskia for – and he, there was one play, he just ran straight through him. And I was like, out a kid, Jasper, getting some payback for Vera, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they end up losing 3 nothing, and it was – did anybody stay? We, we left. I have to admit, I hate getting wet. We did have ponchos, the and door. then we would have stayed – except for the weather delay, and there was just no way I was staying for the weather delay. I figure, you know, if we get out of here right now, I can watch the rest of the game when I get home, which I did. I got home before the game started and watched the rest of it at home. And then I was glad that I went home because I didn't have to finish watch them not play to their to their potential. Their potential. Man, you're right, Brennan. He really is a negative Nelly tonight, man. He's just <laughs> letting him negative. I was home and I was more happy at home than I was at the stupid stadium watching my dumb team lose. Three was, to zero. I hate life. And I was all so wet. I didn't want to get wet. I hate getting wet. I do hate getting wet. But we had ponchos. Well, but if there hadn't been a weather delay, if they had kept playing, we would have stayed. I think I think we write the ship here. I think we really do. I I don't I think it's a little bit of down and, and people are getting down on us a little bit. And I think that little like underdog, you know, starts to come out. That little up dog starts coming out and we start really turning things around, you know? And we start getting back to our swagger and we start doing what we're really good at. And uh, I think we think we ride the ship fairly quickly here, especially with two games this week. I think we get it. We've I got think we two. get six points out of out of the two games. And I, I would no longer be a negative Nelly if they get six points out of the next two games. What do you think, Brennan? Think we pull um, honestly, I feel like if we go back to the tactics that we knew worked. Um, I feel that the next four games before LAFC are all wins. Wow. All wins. No tie. No. Mm -mm. Going on a tear. The The way that we're set up at the moment, if we even allow one tie, I don't feel that the West is going to let us have that and have enough points. Um, you're seeing a lot of a lot of West uh, West Conference teams really stepping up and um, moving up in the standings. And since it's the really, points are so close, yeah, it's really, it's really tight. Tough. Yep. So that's it for that. We should get to. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to talk about too before we get to the Come On Crawley update, which will be really short. Um, did you see that goal from like Messi? Third time in the championship. <laughs> Did you see the goal by Messi? And I wanted to bring this up uh, to point out that question I had with David James and others about the effect that Lionel Messi could have on the future of the Lionel? sport as a whole. In the I'm Lionel, like Lionel Richie? Say you, say me. So 
stay messy. Messy together. <laughs> Did you see Not the goal? Trendy. Did you see the yeah. goal I'm yeah. talking about? The, the so, so the Busquets with the 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 miracle. I don't know how he got it to Messi, but Messi makes that pass. He sees is a Kremeshi or whatever is Harry Series name making the run. He Kremensky. sees the run. He sees the run before Kremeski does. It looks like, and he makes a pass that no one is expecting anyone to make. No one in MLS makes that pass. Almost no one. There's probably some that could see it and could make it, but he makes that pass. And while New York is standing around wondering, what, where's he passing it to? He's breaking. The ball comes back to him, and it's a tap in. And I think kids watching that, people watching that, players watching those, those types of passes and plays and saying, hey, I can do that. That's how the game is going to evolve by players seeing that and trying to recreate that. Before, if no one's making that pass, it just doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, Jordy Alba with the overhead kick to get it back in from the wing. And then yeah, that was impressive. It was a real impressive play. So that's one of the reasons I'm excited to have Messi in the league because he's going to do things and players are going to want to emulate that. And it's going to raise the level of the play here. I hope so. I do. Yep. I hope Arsenal can raise their level of play too because they went down a man with a 2 1 lead and still ended up with a tie like a bunch of dorks. Anyway, that's Liverpool, all I'm saying about that. Liverpool was down one nothing and down a man and scored two goals in one against Newcastle. Yeah, that was weird too. Against Newcastle, which that was crazy, but it was all uh, what's his name, the Uruguayan, the sub with the hair. No, no, it was uh, Nunez. Nunez, Darwin. Yeah, came in and scored a couple goals. So anyway, come on, Crowley update. They win. Did Manu win? Manu. Yeah, three two came back from a two two nil um, half. Um, got lucky a couple times, scored three goals. So it was an okay. What was that? Are they top of the table? Who's top of the table? We're like three games in. I guess it doesn't matter. Man City's oh, on top. What Man City? Really? Huh. Yeah, when you spend that kind of money. Yeah, they're the only one on nine points. There's a bunch of people on seven points, two wins, one tie. So the surprising Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool, and Arsenal all have seven. Brighton has six. Aston Villa and Man United have six as well. After that, it drops off dramatically. And then back to the Come On Crawley update. They had a great start to the season. Then they went to Swindon Town. And it was one nothing at halftime. I thought, all right, they should have scored. They've been creating goals, be, creating opportunities, and not finishing. Although they did sell Dom Telford, the About time, the uh, the best goal scorer on the team last year. They sold him to Barrow. Um, hopefully that pizza that... place at the mall. No, yeah, Barrow? Yeah. not Barrow. just the Barrow. Yeah. yeah. 
to borrow. B a r r o w. Another League Two team. Like we'll we'll borrow. Free up we'll some borrow. funds, and hopefully before the window closes, they'll bring in a couple of new players. It was one nothing for Swindon at halftime, and I was doing something for work, and I checked back in at the 68th minute, and it was um, five to one for five to nothing for Swindon, and then to make ends uh, to make to finish it off, they finished off six nothing. Oh, they scored five goals. They gave up five goals in the second half. So I guess the uh, <coughs> the miracle is over. The Crawley Town miracle is over, and they are going to be struggling until they. We'll see how it goes. They did mention hey. that the last time, the last time they got waxed six to nothing. Uh, they also got promoted that season into League One. So there you go. There you go. Well, they still okay. sit what one point ahead of Wrexham. <laughs> for a game, so, for an hour. <laughs> See, so. I was thinking you should probably change this segment from "Come on, Crawley" to "Come on, Crawley." There Jeez. you go, a little different emphasis, right? The tone, yeah, that's going to change at the end of the season. Yeah, I had to you know? work on that with the right emphasis on the right syllable. There you go. <laughs> so that, yeah, that'll be the giveaway. It'll be "Come on, Crawley" up update or the. Come on, Crowley. Update. Update. <laughs> down date. Uh, down they go. Yeah, we'll see. So. All right. So we have predictions that RSL is going to turn it around, and Thursday morning everyone's going to wake up happy because RSL took it to the Timbers. You can't turn around when you're already headed in the right direction. Ah, uh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So with that, I will. Say, I would encourage everyone if you like listening to us and you appreciate us, we we appreciate you to rate us 